Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Pimlet. This is episode 229. I am joined today on what is for me at least uh, a rainy and thunderstruck uh, Monday afternoon. Thunder. Uh, is it rain right now? I don't know. Uh, I'm joined by Stacy. That's my co host at StacyPatton89. Stacy, how are you doing? Uh, sunnier weather here, gotta say. Uh, had a couple couple of raindrops, but nothing too bad. So it's been a, it's been a nice day. Raindrops keep falling on your head. Something like that. <laughs> uh, all right. I um, you know, look, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Knicks. We'll talk about some other things. But before you get started, I do have to make an announcement. The Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier. Get that. That gets you access to Pod Strickland that I do every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Discord with conversation never quite stops. You also get access to the Doug Mailbag, a.k.a. Drew Steele, uh, that drops every other week in season. Just had an episode that dropped last week, so check all that out. There's further tiers. There's a nine dollar tier that gets you access to Stricken Roll My Solo Pod, where I rant and rave about the mix even more. Also, get access to wonderful premium articles by Jack Conley, Maggie Miranda, and even sometimes Frank Barrett on Twitter, who you know maybe better as Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a fifty dollar tier, thirty dollar tier, fifty dollar tier, hundred dollar tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like live watch parties, listening in on pod recordings even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started. I think, uh, all right, look, I I guess we have to start with the big news. Uh, the Knicks bringing back Ryan Archie Diacono and signing C. Mikhail Luke. Um, just massive game changers. <laughs> What, where, how does this change how you view the team? I mean, it doesn't, but these are, I mean, you know, this is how most people, teams will use the 11th and 12th or 10th or 11th roster spots, you know? So the fact that we are, like, Sui as a depth signing is good. He's a, he, he's going to come in. He can knock down shots. Uh, underrated athlete. Um, you know, I know that uh, when he was drafted, a lot of Lakers fans were very excited about him, which, you know, you can call that Lakers hype, but they've generally been a good franchise at scouting. Um, you know, I think, um, I mean, these are good signings for, for what they are. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't really have too strong of thoughts on it. Um, I, I agree. I don't, you know, the signings are fine. I think that uh, when you're looking at it, at the end of the day, these are guys, they're not even 11th or 12 guys. They're like 14, 15 yeah. guys. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Most yeah. teams, this would be 11 to 12 guys right. for us because we're so, and I mean, so we complain a lot about kind of needing roster consolidation, but the other side of it is 
we are that deep, you know? So Yeah. And I mean, also I think this is where like, I saw people complaining about this stuff and it's just like, I, I just, I'm at the point where like, I used to really, I used to really care about like every roster spot, right? It's like, Oh, like, why don't you take a shot on a young guy? Why don't you take a shot on somebody with upside? And it's just like, honestly, I don't think it matters. I think there's value in having guys that are just there to like practice effectively. Like they know they're not going to play. Um, or they might play in one, like Sui might come in one game, you know, Grimes or Fournier is hurt, um, uh, you know, and you need a shooter and he gives you like 10, 12 minutes and spaces out the defense, probably not as much film on them or someone who's top of the scouting report. Those guys definitely have value. Yeah. So I just, I just don't, you know, it's fine. It's not, a, it's not like a high upside thing. I, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, I don't. You know, I just don't really care that much because we have way bigger fish to fry. And ultimately, in some ways, it's a good thing. Like, it's a good thing to just have these. If, if you don't like these guys because they're low upside and they don't, they're, they're not going to be significant players or whatever, like, I think that's a good thing. Like, you just talked about, we, we have, as it is, we have some issues with consol- looking to consolidate and clear minutes for guys so i just don't care about this and um, and i think it's two different sides of it right i mean svi is a shooter um and jeffries i mean i i liked what i saw from daquan jeffries in summer league uh i know for kings fans he was a bit of a a fan favorite plays very hard um there might be some upside there because he's still pretty young um he's 6'5 225 so he's in that kind of you know, the, the kind of wings that the Celtics drafted for so many years, you know, like guys like Semi Ojale. Um, but he can knock down open shots. Like, you know, those kind of guys can end up being valuable pieces, especially if at some point the Knicks do make that superstar trade. Um, I, I like both of those signings um, in terms of that. So he really is only downside is kind of, he has the T-Rex arms. But he's got some good size and he can, he can really shoot. So, um, you know. It's not the high priority. This is not going to win. <laughs> for those who are disappointed about one side or the other of the Donovan Mitchell trade, for those who want Randall gone, we're not doing it. Like, this isn't winning Leon Rose too many points on that. But um, these are things the Knicks are doing that make sense, which has been a theme for some while, at least transactionally. So, Yeah. Um, it's okay. I, I think this is just small potatoes. So, um, you know, if. The way to think of it is like if this stuff actually ends up mattering, um, we will probably be will probably have had a lot of injury concerns, or as you stated, we will have made some kind of superstar trade where now like these super depth guys are plugged into the rotation because we've depleted our depth. Um, so we'll we'll see. I, I don't I don't anticipate that being the case, but. You never know. This is a crazy league. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I was listening to uh, Sam Bassini's pod about the over unders uh, for the Eastern Conference, and we'll do that at a later date. But um, I was just kind of struck at how deep the East is, and I already knew that. But like, then you go through it, and it's kind of tough. Where you're like, "Wow, like where do the Knicks rank?" Um, and you know what rhymes with the rank? No, oh, it's a stupid. war, a war vehicle used on land that's tank. massive. Tank, yes, 
Um, yeah, I don't think the Knicks will be tanking. Um, which I'm but it at least opens up the conversation to me. I think there's been years in the past where, especially when the Knicks were pathetic, that, you know, there was like, we just need to be respectable. No one respects us. I think the Knicks, even last year, they didn't meet expectations, but nobody came to MSG or you don't face this team and are like, oh, this is like facing, you know, the Kings or something, right? Um, so, but now at this point, right, if not tanking, you know, this lends credence to the idea that, you know, if it's the difference between a play-in spot or you know, just missing out on a play-in spot, those kind of um, decisions maybe shouldn't be at the forefront, right? Given, as you mentioned, the, the depth in the East, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, there, go ahead. No, no, you can finish, finish with that. No, I was going to say, I'm curious, like, how you <laughs> I do think there's a couple of pretenders. I think, I think you and I both think at least one or two of the teams might be a little bit overrated, but I think we're, we differ on which ones, but. Yeah, I mean, I, so the tanking part of it, like, I don't know if the, the, the Knicks don't need to tank. Um, and I'll just say this. I think if you just look around the NBA, there's a very few teams that are actually just going to be, like, trying to suck from the start of the season. I mean, let's uh, listen, right? It's, 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 so it's Utah, Utah, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, uh, maybe Indiana, maybe Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte's going to try. They, they'll just end up there. Uh, maybe Indiana, maybe Orlando. And then Houston. Detroit will probably Detroit's probably still a year away. You'd have to think, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Detroit's so Detroit's like, weird. Kate takes a leap, but I think Detroit's weird because they will probably end up like you know bottom seven, eight, whatever. But I don't think they're trying to lose games, and I don't think they're really going to lean into a tank at any point. Like I don't get that sense from the way they've operated. And then to be fair, I think they'll like, be like Minnesota last year a little bit. Like, like, I think I would see, I can see Cade having the kind of uh, second year that Ant had, like, you know, that kind of a jump, but not yeah, enough no. to, like, really make them serious contenders. Well, yeah, they don't, they don't have a cat, right? So, yeah. That would be the issue. But, like, but with them, I just, I don't think they're going to try to lose games because they got Cade and they got Ivy, who they're super high on. Well, I, you, I mean, their best players are their young players, right? So I don't even know what trying to lose games would mean. For well, that's what I'm saying. But they're not going to, like, sit these guys. They're not going to do an yeah, Oklahoma City right. thing. Um, like, that's – so to me, the teams that are, like, actively – I think Oh, be, Houston, I guess. You would yeah, he, like, Houston – the only teams that I could see, like, shamelessly doing stupid tank things would be Oklahoma City, Houston, Utah. Although I don't think Utah will have to. I think that would be really bad. Um, and then – Spurs, but it's like they're the Spurs, so I think that team's just going to suck. Like they're just not going to be good. I don't know if they're going to really like do elite tanking games of like, just like, oh, we can't play this guy because he might actually win us a game. Um, but I, I do. I mean, like, Pirtle's probably gone at this point, right? Um, like they put out that we want two unprotected first for him. Like that's coming down, but they're putting it out there that they, you know, like I, I think that. Like it's gonna be Keldon Johnson. I mean, you know, I do like their young players, but they're gonna they're gonna be. I don't think. I think to the extent that anyone really helps them win, that's not on a rookie deal. They're gonna end up being gone. So, um, it's the, the Spurs. Yeah, if they move, the thing is, their team is already gonna be terrible. Like, there's actually no path to them being good this year. Um, 
Unless Kelvin Johnson turns into Kawhi or something. Yeah, and I just, I love Kelvin, but like, I, that's not happening this year anyway. Um, but Pirtle, yeah, if, they, if they've done Pirtle, like, is Kelvin the only good defender on the team at that point? Vassell. Yeah, okay. So they've two guys that are good on defense, maybe. And then after that, it's like Primo, who literally looks like he's 12 years old. Um, Malachi Branham, who is god awful on defense, just absolutely terrible. Who else did they draft? Sohan, I guess maybe he can come in immediately. Like rookie defenders are bad. But yeah, yeah, that's like, it's in jet, like that's yeah. that. That's what made like Grimes being good on defense so impressive last year. I thought um, Josh Richardson they have, I guess, but he's, I would admit he's going to get sad a lot. He's also Josh Richardson, so <laughs> but um, he can play defense. That's yeah. the, uh, but yeah, they just they they just don't have enough. They're going to lose a lot of games, and I think they're fine with that. Like I just so you're talking about like what? There's about like seven or eight teams there that we listed, right? So it's if we just count them out, we'll just say teams that are going to be bad, right? So forget if they're trying to tank, whatever. San Antonio, Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston. Um, that's four. Detroit, five. Orlando's interesting. Orlando six. I think we'll talk about Orlando, but I, I yeah, I don't think so. Uh, that's six. Indiana, seven. No, but I, I think Orlando could float into that, like, Charlotte or Knicks tier from last year where they're not a good team, but, you yeah, know, um, 11, you know. I am lower on them this year than I think you are. Uh, so that's... I think they're high variance. Seven. I don't think I'm high. I think I would probably be, like, I think Draft Twitter loves them. <laughs> Or like young guy Twitter, uh, which I think that's overstated, but I do think like they, they're high variants where like I don't think they're penciled in for less than thirty. Or I would they're not penned in for thirty minus or less than thirty games. Yeah, maybe I, I would pen them in. Um, Charlotte, that's eight, and even Charlotte, like I mean Charlotte's like yeah, they're they're going to be bad, but are they going to try to be bad? I don't know. Indiana, that's about eight teams. So yeah, other I mean, than like. Like the Knicks, like I just don't see any path for them where tanking becomes like, like they're not going to lean into that type of thing even until I think the earliest they would ever just be like, well, sit all the vets, play a bunch of young guys, is All Star break, yeah, you know. And I just and don't. That there's not that, that much you can keep. You did that last year a little bit, right? So yeah, and I mean we actually want one more game, so that leans into the question of what is tanking for the Knicks. Um, but like, I just think. There's just no path for the Knicks to like bottom out and get and and not get because you can obviously still move up in the lottery, but to like give themselves a really great chance at a top five pick. They just I don't see what the path is to that, um, which is okay, but it does leave them kind of in this middle tier. So I just didn't want to go through the East real quick and uh, you know talk a little bit about like how these teams are all stacking up because I think for the most part now we can say like. The, the major moves are done, right? Donovan Mitchell got traded. Kevin Durant stayed in Brooklyn. Westbrook, uh, I guess, is the next domino. Yeah, point. but I, it, I think if that happens, that's more like role players moving around. But it's not going to involve like Westbrook getting traded for a star. So I don't think there's any seismic trades that are on the horizon. Well, anymore. I mean, the reason it would affect the Knicks is if it somehow has implications on a Julius Randle or even Evan but, Fournier. Trade, but right? that's not like meaningfully changing the trajectory of the franchise. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, like <laughs> you think you don't think Randle and Fournier going on is changing the trajectory? Not 
for this year. I mean, it might. It, I think it helps you win more games potentially. Um, like I, I don't. The difference between the Knicks being awesome and the Knicks being whatever they're going to be as currently constructed, or being terrible versus what they're currently constructed, like it's not going to be that. It's just not. Like if they move off Julius Randle and Evan Fournier, they're not all of a sudden going to be like, well, we're top five seed in the East now. Like no, it's just not going to happen. Um, so. I, I do think, like, at the top, I feel pretty good that, like, Milwaukee and Boston are the only two teams that I, I personally, at the start of the year, would feel comfortable in the East saying are, yes, these teams are definite contenders. Um, I have questions about some other teams, but those two teams, I feel like they've established themselves at a pretty high level. They obviously... You, so know, you said Milwaukee and Boston? Yeah, Milwaukee obviously has Giannis, who is the in-prime superstar, maybe best player in the NBA. I think so anyway. Um, you know, they have been a pretty consistent regular season win machine. Obviously, they've won a championship. Um, I just think they're definitely a contender for those reasons. Middleton should be back. That obviously gives them a nice little bump. Um, Boston is just like... Look, they've got Tatum is 24, Brown is 25. These guys are probably going to get better from here. Maybe not a shit ton, but they are going to get better. Uh, I think that adding Brogdon is a nice move, even though a little bit of an overrated one, I think. Um, but like, it just gives them another really solid player when he's healthy. Gallinari injury hurts. It's not a killer, though. Um, you know, They still have a pretty solid front court there. The biggest worry for them is probably just Al Horford falling off because he did have a really, really nice season at age 35 or 36 or whatever age he is. Um, but, like, this is a solid team. They were pretty much lights out the second half of the year. Obviously got to the NBA Finals. Super elite defense. Um, yeah, they just – to me, they just have too many things going for them. And even if you think they benefited from certain kind of how the – Chips fell last year in the playoffs, you know, Middleton being hurt, obviously being won in that series against Milwaukee. But, like, I just think they have enough talent. They don't have weak spots in their rotation. Um, I To me, that's, like, that. that's enough for me to just feel good about, like, okay, they're a contender. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I'm curious. So those two you would put in their own tier. Yes. That does not include the number one seed from last year. Um, do you think they regress, or do you think they're maybe more of a regular season? I don't want to say paper tiger, but a little bit maybe more like the Raptors, where with Lowry and DeRozan type team. Um, so I would I'll say this: I, I have in my next year, I I listed this as. Um, hold on, I'll, let me pull up the actual little little Google Doc I made for this. Um, so uh, the top tier was definite contenders, Milwaukee and Boston. And my, this next tier is three teams, uh, and I have them in order here. So all, so I'll just be, just to be very clear, um, in the definite contenders thing, uh, Milwaukee and Boston are the only two teams in that. They're ranked in that order to me, Milwaukee one, Boston two. Um, the next tier are teams, I think, are contenders, but there's a few things based on what they needed to address going into the offseason that I just want to see play out before I'm like in. 
So I have this as could be contenders if a few things break the right way. Uh, in order in this tier, I have Philly, Brooklyn, Miami. Um, in order, huh? So Miami put below both those teams. Yeah, I didn't feel great about just, you know, oh, they got Durant and Kyrie and Simmons is going to be healthy. We'll get to that. But I think you're talking about Philly uh, as the one seed and team, you know, whatever. Um, I liked everything they did in the offseason. I think getting DeAnthony Melton is really nice. Yeah, I've liked him forever. He's been somebody I've talked about. Maybe the Knicks could buy in on, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Like, I, I just think he's such a solid rotation player. They didn't have enough of those guys last year. Their defense hasn't been great the last few years. I think Melton helps them out a lot, just like just like PJ Tucker does. Who's another guy? I thought that was a really nice addition. Um, also, the nice thing about that about getting PJ Tucker is it weakens Miami. Uh, so that's a smart move. Um, and then I think Daniel House is fine. He's fine, solid player. Got no problem with him. Um, He's, there's no bubble anymore, so you know if he needs to sneak out and handle his business, not a problem. Uh, but like, yeah, he, they just added functional wing players, defenders, guys that can knock down some threes for them. And I just like what they did. I, I think it was a very non, it was a non-glitzy offseason, non-dramatic offseason for them, and I think they needed that. And I'm, I hate, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I I buy that Harden will be better than he was last year. I'm not buying the like, oh, he's in shape now and he's gonna be bad. I don't think I don't think MVP Harden's ever coming back. But I think we'll get a better version of Harden than what we saw at the end of last season. Uh, yeah, and I mean so. the thing is even when he like even in the playoffs, like when he was playing well, it made a huge difference. Uh, because next to Embiid, if you have a guy that can um it can give you some scoring from the perimeter that can hit open shots. And obviously as a passer like Harden, they become really tough to defend. Um, even with, even before Maxi's game, you know, really developed, you could see how much just like a functional perimeter player there, uh, who can attack you at multiple levels and can make, make those reads, um, change for them. Um, and I mean, I think there's, it's worth talking about the fact that Maxi is probably likely to continue yeah. to improve. So, um. well, he, I think I was just going to mention that too. He's probably, he's like the only dude from this entire group of teams kind of at the top of the East. He's the one, no other team has this. He is a legitimate, I'm not, I don't think I'm as high on him as a lot of people seem to be, which isn't to say I'm low on him, but I'm just like, Less skeptical of true star upside than others. Well, you, you were a big Maxi guy before yeah. the draft, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and, and like he does have star upside. I just don't know if it's like to the degree that it's been painted as. But he does have that. He gives him a legitimate star bet, um, and not just like forget star bet, but like he's definitely a guy that you would expect to improve. If he improves, that's like that's pretty significant. That's a big deal. You know, and he's like, a star bet in the way that a lot of other young players aren't. Where like even if he doesn't have an elite offensive outcome, he does so many things at a high level. Like he's going, like he's already a good player, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, and and the other, and what I think what is good about having Harden, if Harden is like, you know, I don't think Harden needs to be the MVP Harden, right? I think what you really want from him is what we saw 
in that very brief stretch in Brooklyn uh, the, after he got traded, right? Like where he's just racking up assists and diming guys up, kind of being a setup man. Um, and yeah, he's still going to get you 20 points, but like if he can run the offense and just get the scorers the ball, I mean, that's perfect for Maxi, right? Because Maxi is so geared to being a scorer. Um, if you kind of lighten the playmaking. And just an him, off ball, insane mover. Like that was the yeah. thing in college. Like he had a weird profile because his shooting percentages were low, but he was so good at creating space off ball that like now the shot is falling and you see the effect. But yeah, like that. That's how you really like. He can play on ball, but you love him doing all those things next to a guy like uh, like Harden. Yeah, and of course yeah. Embiid. So yeah, and then the, the other part for them too, uh, Embiid obviously is awesome. He's in his prime. He cares about the regular season, which is a big deal. Like he wants to win MVP. Right, that's obviously been a thing for him. Uh, so I think they'll be in the mix. They're, they're always going to be in the mix in, in the regular season. I just need to see them. I need to see it a bit because this is a team that has not gone out of the second round. You know, the entire time Embiid's been there, they've had obviously a lot of iterations of the team, um, but they've not gone out of the second round. Uh, within this tier, I'd also say I would even differentiate because Miami, I kind of feel like you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, whereas Brooklyn, is, both Brooklyn uh, and Philly to a lesser name, I wouldn't count on this, and there's probably not a great probability. But what if the what if the Harden we know does show up, right? Um, they're probably a higher variance team, right? Yeah, I mean, Ma- and, and I they have the options think... of Maxi taking a leap. Harden becomes that. The Anthony Melton's just you know advanced stats impact really shows up. They're like a team that I can see them finishing anywhere from one to fifth. One to the five. Harden thing isn't even that crazy, like because it's we've seen this before, right? Where guys can kind of dial up one last star season when you kind of think it might be gone. Like, I, I was actually, now that you mentioned this, when you were talking about like his role and how to be, I was thinking of them a little bit like the Suns, right? Like, so Maxi obviously isn't on Booker's level. But you have a guy that's been had a lot of on-ball responsibilities. Chris Paul comes there, allows him to be a little bit more dynamic, focus on scoring. Um, Aiton is not Embiid, though, on the other hand. But you have another interior presence um and then you you match them with wings and um you know if harden can be something like what cp3 was for the suns you know that that probably um that puts them in really good shape um so yeah i i totally agree with that and look i just i think that that harden trade was they had such a weird year last year, right? Between the Simmons stuff and, you know, that they trade for, they make this massive trade for Harden. I think losing Seth Curry was a bit, was more of a blow than they expected. Not one that you, that, and maybe they even expected it because, you know, make, you make a midseason trade and you lose a guy as good as Seth, like, it's going to have an impact. But um, I think they, they, obviously they feel Harden is, too good to pass. Like, you can't pass up on getting Harden because you like Seth Curry, which I understand. Um, and I think they've done a good job now of replacing him. I think Melton is a totally different player to Seth Curry, but, like, he gives you another solid guard, right, to throw in the rotation. Uh, you don't have to depend on Maz now because you have both P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Um, I, it, 
I gotta say, it's a it feels a little bit uninspired, just in the sense of like it's like feels like Morty's getting the band back together, right? Uh, with those two guys, but but they make sense. They make sense in this roster. That like now when you can play Tucker at the four next to Embiid to close games and stuff like that, I think that helps. Uh, I do think they need one more wing. One more wing would be nice, but I I don't. I mean, do they I, have eighteen million dollars in their cap for a I shooter? <laughs> Tobias Harris is still there, uh, which is the other weird thing. Like they they can play pretty big now, but I don't know if you want to do Tucker and. Harris together, especially at the end of games. I'm not sure about that, but like that. Look, that that Harris contract is interesting because it's what like two years left and whatever, however many million, like sixty five million or some shit like that. I wonder if there's a team that would be like because he is a good player. I know there's like limitations to him, and obviously, I know Philly fans have been super frustrated with him, but he is a good player. He's a good offensive player. He can score the basketball. Um, I wonder if there's a team that would like consider making a move for him at the deadline or something. Because, uh, you know, he'd only have a year left after this season. It's not that bad. You know, like that's not a terrible situation to to, to consider. But, um, but like, I, I, I guess that's the thing. Is they have options. Maury, I like to give him shit all the time. I do think he's was – there was definitely a period where like he got – super overrated because it's like anything more he did was great. Uh, but like, I trust him to pull the trigger on moves. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of GMs where you're not sure if they'll do it or, you know, like, but you know, Maury, if he thinks there's a move that genuinely increases their chances of winning a championship, he'll pull the trigger. And I think they have enough kind of juice on the roster and maybe just enough with a pick or whatever. Like, I think there's enough for them to make one more move that could kind of like really solidify things. You know, like Jaden Springer still. I think probably there are teams that are still intrigued by him. I don't know how he did in the G League last year, um, but like, yeah, like you know, is there a package out there for like? And hey, we talked about Maxi. Is there a world where like, who the fuck knows? I'm just throwing it out there. Let's say Beal is having a monster year, but the Wizards suck. Is there a world where, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe we should go get Beal. Like, I just think they have options in trade um, that, you know, with Maxi, especially, like, I don't think a lot of other teams have those options or contenders anyway. Yeah, he's that's um, he is a big wild card for them. So, um, in terms of that, so, but at this point, I, I mean, I think. If it's between Beal and him and what he brings, yeah, no, and I also I expect him to take a, a step forward on defense. Um, because I think the tools and the motor is there. It also uh, helps that they added solid defense, like because if you look at their roster the last couple of years, it's kind of just been like Joe Embiid is the one guy because Ben Simmons obviously didn't play last year, and Danny Green is like he's fine, obviously still good on defense when he, when he I hope he is when he recovers from his injury, but like. He's not obviously the same level he once was. But other than that, it's like, you know, is fucking Maxi. I think it's safe to say, like, he was not a plus yet on defense. Uh, Korkma's bad. You know, George Niang tries, but is bad. Like, they just had a lot of guys that aren't good defenders. And the three guys they added are all good defenders. So now you're saying Maxi going from, like, 
you know, your third or fourth best defender to being like your sixth or seventh or eighth even, right? I think that makes a huge difference. And I think it shows like, you know, like going for Beal would be the way to get the most talent, right? But I think they're building out this roster with the understanding, similar to the Bucks, you could say, we have a generational player. I do think Embiid's a generational player. And um, building around him in a way that fits um, rather than just kind of trying to accumulate that next star. So that's why, but like, yeah, I agree. That, that Maxi is a, is a piece. Um, they can, he's, he's good enough to contribute. Maybe the biggest thing holding them back is um, a certain coach who uh, can't figure out how to hide his Twitter likes. So. Um. <laughs> I gotta say, I thought that story was who cares, man. Even if it was, him, like, I just <laughs> it don't care. Definitely I, was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Is I just don't care. It's like, who, like if that's his thing, more power to him. You know, that's fine. I don't <laughs> Is he just in the locker room though? Like, <laughs> wow, he's really going over film pretty hard. He's looking at the beads of sweat rolling off his forehead. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about Brooklyn. I have. I've really enjoyed making fun of them at every turn over the last however many years, and I will continue to do that. Um, they, their t- I didn't know where to put them. I'll be completely honest with you. You could have convinced me to put them in the tier below. Could have convinced me to put them in the tier above. But I thought they belonged in this tier um, because you know the variance thing you talked about. Philly. I think Brooklyn is like the most variants in the league like we haven't seen i think what was it it's like durant and kyrie had played like i don't know the number of games they played together is like 40 or something over three years i forget it's some insanely low number um presumably obviously like there is no uh vax <laughs> vax mandate this year so kyrie Irving can you'll have to find some other way to not play basketball um Durant, you know, he obviously had whatever the fuck went on with him this offseason, but now apparently he's back on board and happy. Ben Simmons, we haven't seen him play basketball, and it feels like, I mean, literally, it's over one. He missed an entire season. So the last time we saw him on the basketball court was that game seven against the Hawks, right? So that's about a year and a half ago. And, you know, like, I like TJ Warren. He's an interesting signing. He hasn't played basketball in two years, right? Uh, I Seth Curry still on the team. Love Seth Curry, super dependable, lights out shooter. I think a better defender than he gets credit for, even though he's obviously not a plus defender. Um, so I, he's uh, he's always somebody I've I've liked. Uh, and I guess Nick Claxton is he's he's back. I like Nick Claxton. He always gets hurt though. He misses a lot of time with injuries. He's got to stay healthy. I think he's pretty solid. Um. I'm not sure I'd love him as, like, the guy if you're matched up with Philadelphia. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure I love that matchup. I'm not sure I love that matchup if they play the Bucks. I, there's not there's a there's some matchups for him in the East that I'm just like, I don't know, but that that might be. But who guards Julius Randle? Uh, well, it depends on if Julius knows who he is at the elbow this year. <laughs> um, I I definitely agree with you. Um, they're definitely the highest variance team. Uh, I mean, they have two players that Basie didn't play much last year that are two of their best players. Um, I would say I'm not a Simmons believer as much as if he plays, he's good. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That adds a lot to them. 
And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, but you know, that's a, so that gives them some upside. Um, that, I mean, jokes aside, that does give them some defensive flexibility that they don't have that might help some of those matchups. Uh, and then Kyrie is, is the big question mark, right? Like, uh, you watch community, right? Okay. Well, community, there's a character named Britta who basically always latches on the causes to like protest, even if she doesn't really know what they're about. And that's what it kind of seems like Kyrie's in the anti-vax thing is a flat, like he just seems to be someone, I don't want to say he wants attention, but he like does these things where I was like, you know, is it about, is it about not wanting to get vaxxed or is it that you didn't want to play? Right. I think there's been times when he said like he hasn't wanted to play. Um, so I don't like, that's just always going to be volatile. But if he plays, you know, 60 games, plays in the playoffs, you're adding him and Durant, who are two, you know, as good as you're going to get probably in the playoffs in terms of scores, and then a guy who can help them on defense, give them some versatility. Then you have guys like Seth Curry and, and Warren who are like ideal role players. Um, like that, I mean, again, that's another team. I can see them finishing anywhere from one. I can see them finishing nine, you know. Uh, and of course, I should say Kyrie isn't the biggest factor. Uh, for his worth, I do think he's going to play like 60 games this year, especially since it's expiring and he probably wants to get one more paycheck, um, or one more big deal. But, um, I mean, it's Durant's health that's the really, that's the biggest thing. Right? If Durant misses yeah. extended time, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, they got Markeith Morris. I don't think he's good anymore. Um, he helps, I guess, just because their depth was all over the place last year. Jokic stole his soul. Yeah. Right. Uh, I just I don't like their front court. It's the other the biggest problem I have. You don't like Nick team, Claxton? I mean, I actually I think Claxton's actually kind of like a interesting player because he's not played a lot. Like I said, he's had a lot of injuries, but he is talented. Like he is really he he's very fluid when he has to switch on defense and stuff. That's very intriguing. But like he's not strong. Like he's not super big. He can get abused on the glass. He can get abused inside by, you know, some of the centers that have post games and stuff like that. So that can be an issue. But like they just across the board, they're not a very big team. Like okay, you got TJ Warren who's six eight. I need to see the guy play. I haven't seen him play in two years. Nobody has. I can't just automatically buy that. Um, you know, and the other thing is like this team is just not athletic. You know, Joe Harris coming back, by the way, that's – if he's healthy, that's a really nice, like, piece to have because of the space he provides. It makes them way more difficult to guard, obviously. But, like, again, he missed an entire season basically too. And so you've got, like, all these kind of injury risks and whatever risks that you're coming back from or that they're coming back from various dudes. It's an older team, you know. KD's over 30, obviously well into his 30s now. Kyrie's 30, 31. Uh, you know, I think Joe Harris is 30. Patty Mills is 58. You know, Markeith Morris is 30-something. Like, it's an older team. Like, So your young guys are basically just Claxton, Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is a guy like, like a talent, really talented scorer. But where is he playing on this team? You know, like, what is he doing on this team? You know, maybe he's useful for them in the regular season, but I just don't love him in the playoffs for them. I don't think he even sniffs the floor in the playoffs. And then you've got Nash, who I just think is not a good coach. Um, 
I don't know. I just, this team is like, it's hard. As much as I just like shit on them, at the end of the day, like you have Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. If those guys are on the floor, then you're going to be good. But like, are they going to be on the floor? And how often are they going to be on the floor together? It's just, there's so many variables with them. I, I have no clue. Like, if you told me their season went to absolute shit, it wouldn't be a surprise. If you told me they traded Durant middle of the season, it would not be a surprise. If you told me that, um, you know, they make an, a legitimate title push, it would not be a huge surprise. Like, I just, there's too many questions for me to put them in that top tier, but they're also like, at the end of the day, they do have top end talent. They do have guys that have proven to be capable of scoring in the playoffs. Although, to be fair, this is another reason why I just don't know what to do with them and why I knocked them down to this tier. Katie and Kyrie were really bad in the playoffs last year. Uh, and I know Boston was a historic defense, but like they got swept. And yes, each game is competitive and margins and all this shit, but like, I mean, Durant was like really bad in that series. He looked old. He was getting pushed around. He couldn't get to his spots. He doesn't get to the rim at all anymore. You know, like, it's just, there's just stuff there with him. I'm like, you know, is is this the year that, like, I know he's kind of held off some of the drops in efficiency in his game that you might expect otherwise, but, like, are we sure that is always going to sustain, that he's going to forever be this kind of, like, cheat code level of shooter where he doesn't even need to get to the rim to be a super efficient scorer? I don't know. There's there's just so many things with them. So I just stuck them here, but man, I it could go any way and it would not surprise me. Yeah, I mean I would probably say I don't think I was at, like Katie had some stinkers. He had a couple of like in the closeout game he was really good, I believe. Um so I, I think that and like Boston won a couple of tight ones. Um so I don't think they're as far behind. I do think help adding a guy like Simmons helps, um, especially if Katie doesn't have to work as hard to get his own shots, right? Um, which you know Ben Simmons is a playmaker, um, but yeah, it's just it's um, it, it's an over under bet, and a, it's a bet I'd stay away from, <laughs> one way or the other. So yeah, I, I wouldn't do anything with this team if you're thinking about betting it. I, I if you want to just you know. Oh, you, maybe you can do a bow tie option, right? So just yeah. bet on the volatility one way or the other. <laughs> uh, all right. Then the third team I had in this tier was Miami. I think this is pretty basic. They lost PJ Tucker, who I don't think is like the most in like, I, I don't know how much that hurts them. I do think it hurts them just enough to like put them at the bottom of this tier. Uh, I don't love their options at the four now. They might have to play some like weird two big lineups, like play Yurts in with Bam. Bam. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but like the roster is basically the same. They didn't add anything. They brought back Oladipo. Maybe they get something out of him that's more significant than I think. I don't know. I, I just if if you told me they were you know in the conference finals again would not be the biggest surprise I've ever had, but I I don't know how we can I mean yeah, on I that. mean a Spolster team with Butler and another young star is gonna have the floor as like I think the second round. I like unless they get hit by injuries, I don't think they're but to your point, yeah, like what is the ceiling? 
Um, it, I'm going to make the case for the ceiling right now, and that is Bam Adebayo. Um, he is still only 24, um, 25, sorry. Um, but it's not out of the realm. Like, if he makes a superstar leap, um, the, the flip side of that is Jimmy Butler, you know, uh, plays a pretty grinding style. His game has aged well, but can he stay healthy and effective? But I think there is some upside with Bam if he, um, you know, if he can make another leap. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the bet. I, I think his playoffs, um, playoffs, like people kind of overstated like his playoff struggles a little bit. Um, I think, and I think he will be better than that too. So, yeah, I, I, I think he'll be fine. I, I mean, I, I have no problem. Bam, regular season is definitely like he's super valuable, right? Um, there's no question about that. It feels like they have to bet a lot on Tyler Hero here. Um, you know, you're banking a lot on him to maybe give you some more, like to to unlock some higher level for the team and for himself in the process. I'm very skeptical. I've not ever been a huge Tyler Hero. Well, I actually liked him coming out of the draft, but I think he quickly got super overrated in the NBA. Um, quickly, interesting. Yes, right. Uh, but you know, he's obviously young and he's he averaged what 20 whatever he averaged last year 20 points and pretty solid efficiency like there's something there so maybe they can get something out of it i mean you'd want him to get to like steph curry level defense right i think you mentioned before yeah and i just don't know if that's there like i I just think he might he's so weak like he really is just really weak on defense and fit like physically like he's just not intimidating it's not strong it's easy to like not just drive by him but like even if he sticks with you to just kind of like cast him as- yeah you just cast him aside so i don't know that that one doesn't feel great the other i guess if there's another upside piece of them it's just like lowry being healthy and having maybe lost weight or whatever was going on with him last year and he can give them more but like he's 38 now is it 37 or 38 he's old you it's can just- do side bends and sit-ups but please don't <laughs> lose that butt <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. This team is, it's kind of like out of respect. I'm just like, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I've seen Spolstra and Riley figure it out before. So I'm just like, yeah, maybe they'll figure it out. Yeah. That's why the floor is definitely like second round. Um, but if the Knicks do surprise, that is a team that's maybe a little bit more susceptible than these other ones. Uh, there is another team I wanted to ask why they're not in this tier. Uh, unless you wanted to talk more about Miami. Uh, maybe we could transition, but the team that comes to mind is um, sorry to my friends north of the border. Uh, it's not Scotty Barnes. Uh, it's Cleveland, right? Um, I think they have potentially a generational young player um, who I I might contend will be their best player this year, even despite their additions. Um, they added. They have maybe one of the best offensive backcourts in the NBA, maybe the best offensive backcourt in the NBA. And they have another elite defender next to, to Mobley. Um, you know, what, um, are you, are you skeptical on this team? Are you, because I would imagine they're at the top of the next tier for you. They are. Um, so I put this, this is my, my next tier is not contenders this year, but will be in short order, potentially. Uh, so Cleveland, I feel definitely will be within the next one, two, three years, however long it takes. 
And then I had Toronto also missed here. Um, I feel less confident about their upside just because Siakam isn't as young as I think people think he is. Uh, and Barnes is good, but it's like he's, he's he just turned 20, right? So other than that, I'm not sure they have a lot of high upside guys. So it's really just a bet on Barnes. And it's also a bet on Barnes doing it fast enough that like it can tie into Siakam still being an elite player, right? So I, I don't know. They, Which that's I, a, think, I think that timeline exists. I just don't think it exists next year. But. Yeah, it's it's – and I don't think it will exist for long either is the thing, right? I think Siakam is like three, four years. You can maybe say, yeah, he's still going to be an elite player, top 20, 15, whatever you want to put him at. But um, – yeah, so yeah, I think the ideal situation for them is he's 28 now. So when he hits – this year, Barnes takes another step. The year after, there may be the same level of player, top 15, top 20. And then as Siakam descends, maybe Barnes hits that perennial All NBA level. That's the bet yeah. they're making, right? So yeah, and and, then, so, and you surround that with just an army of switchable dudes. That's yeah, the, and I mean, which I, I, I like that bet a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if a, it makes them a top one of the top two tiers this year. Yeah, I don't think it does. I think like they they have good, good other good players, right? Like Fred VanVleet's obviously good. I like Gary Trent Jr. I thought he had a really good year last year. I'm still sure. buying Malachi Flynn stock, by the way. So. Oh, there you go. You're, you're the one, huh? Um, <laughs> I, I like Precious Chua. I thought he made really nice strides last year. Uh, he's an interesting... He is an upside guy, too, by yeah. the way, because he's still pretty young. Um, the shooting and the skill has come along much better than I think a lot of people anticipate. He's still 23. Uh, and he has the tools to... you know, If all he is is basically Montrez Harold, that's still a pretty valuable player, but I think there's a lot more there. He shot 36% from three last year, too, so... Um. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. He's interesting at the very least, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean they they they've got stuff going on, so it's fine. Like I, but like the reason I have Cleveland above them is in the same tier. I don't think Cleveland's ready to do this this year. I think there are real issues with the Garland Mitchell's pairing on defense. Uh, I don't think you can gloss that over. They just added Sharif Cooper, so that should add some size size to their design. Yeah, hopefully you can make it in the end. I mean, I was I was going to trade our entire draft for Sharif Cooper. So. <laughs> Shout out. I, we love you, Oscar. Don't, don't be mad. We love you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Mitchell-Garland thing, I think they're going to be dynamite offensively. I still think that will take some time to just kind of figure that out. We've seen this. This happens all the time, right? Like, Higher usage stars come together. It takes them a couple, you know, months. Like Randall just, and Kemba. Yes, like Randall and Kemba or Randall and Fournier even. Uh, or Randall and Elf. Um, but it takes them a couple months, right, to just feel it out and kind of understand how to play off of each other. I'm not worried about that long term. I just think that costs them a little bit early this season. Uh, again, the defense, I think, is a legitimate concern long term, obviously. I love Mobley. I think they're ask, you're asking a lot of him to – like, if they're going to be a contender or a potential contender this year, I think you're asking a lot of him really fast. And I'm not comfortable making that bet as much as I like him. Uh, I think that's something that, you know, a year or two years from now, you're like, okay, now he's that guy. I'm into that. I buy that entirely. I'm just not buying it for this season. Uh, and – I would also say this. I think Mobley and Allen is an awesome regular season front court. 
and even a potentially awesome playoff front court. But I also think there are probably matchups in the playoffs where they could have trouble offensively, especially with those two on the floor. Um, because as skilled as Mobley is, he's he's not a good shooter yet, obviously. Um, and there can be some spacing issues. Yes, obviously Mitchell and Garland are dynamite. But like, I just think there's stuff they need to work out. And that's stuff that they have time to work out. And I think they will because the talent here, to your point, is awesome. Um, I think Sam Bassini talked about this on his pod, but they're the only team. They're this, there's only two teams in the NBA that had three all-stars last year, and they are one. Uh, and Mobley's not even one of those guys, right? So it's like they've obviously got super awesome collection of talent and upside. I like some of their depth pieces too. Like I think Dean Wade's a nice little rotation player. I think Levert is somebody they could probably move, maybe. Uh, or they can keep and have him as a guy off the bench. I don't hate Chetty Osman. I think Chetty Osman's fine. He's solid. Uh, they they signed Robin Lopez, too. I don't hate him as a regular season guy to just bring off the bench and, you know, beat the shit out of some teams for, like, 10, 15 minutes, set some awesome screens, and go on. Like, they, they're... I, and I even like... Uh, what's his name? Lamar Stevens? I think he's, like, a fine wing player. Like, he's okay. They're not going to ask him to do a whole lot, right? So they're and then they also have Rubio, uh, who they re-signed. He's I don't know if he's going to be healthy to start the season, but like they have a rotation here. I don't think they gutted themselves in this trade to get Mitchell right, which is a big deal. So I and they have Love. Kevin Love was really good last year off the bench. Like, love they is have, all you need. Exactly, but they have a lot of like just dudes that they can plug in. Um, when when needed, and I just I don't know. Like I I think this team is really good. I just don't buy them as a contender or in that tier with like Philly, Brooklyn, Miami, or whatever. You know, in terms of teams that could conceivably win a championship this year, I just don't see it. I, I think that would be wild if Cleveland did it this year. I, I would be shocked genuinely, and that's not to say they can't ever do it. I fully expect them to get to that level, just not this year. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things I mentioned is they did kind of come back to earth last year, but that almost entirely coincided with Allen being out. Um, so they're a different team when he's healthy. Um, I do think Rubio as like the third guard can mitigate if there's certain matchups that hurt them. Um, you know, or if they're if they ask one guy to carry the bench unit, you know, especially a guy like Mitchell, uh, you know, he can kind of uh, help him out there. Um, I think that the upside of this team is really we've seen players incrementally improve in year or two. We've seen pe- players take leaps in year or two, right? So LeBron comes to mind, Luca comes to mind. And then you have guys somewhere in the middle, like Anthony Edwards, who became a really, really good player last year, wasn't like, didn't reach like the level, obviously, that a guy like Luca did year or two. Where Mobley falls on that spectrum is going to be very interesting. I would like just my expected value is somewhere in the the ant range, but if he like if he comes back with like a functional jump shot, um, if he's got a little more meat on his bones to maybe handle you know some of the Embiid type matchups, um, you know if the handle is even better, there's like there's levers that just take him to like top ten maybe as soon as next year. It's not something you bet on, um, but even without that, I mean they're going to be hell to play. Because you got to guard them, you got to guard those two guys, and you know, yes, yeah, spacing issues might happen, but you got to score on on two guys that are not fun to score on, 
Um, I'm interested to see how Isaac Okoro fits. Um, you know, that's, um, you know, especially when you talk about spacing, they have some, some issues there. Um, he's a draft pick. Do they maybe use him as trade bait? Um, you know, you know, I, I think a guy like Crowder would be interesting there. Um, even though they have like a bunch of fours and maybe at this point in his career, you don't want him playing the three. Um, I, I would not write them. I would probably have them in the tier above. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't hate that. I just, I'm always like younger teams like this that have made a massive trade and have some weird, I, I don't like calling it fit issues because it almost sounds like you're saying it can't work. I think it can work, but like, I, I don't love them having to figure out on the fly how to overcome Donovan Mitchell and Garland both being shit on defense, even with an awesome defensive front court. I think those are playoff things that can be problematic. Um, same thing with the front court. You know, we've seen teams that play two big front courts off the off the floor, right? Uh, and we'll see if Mobley can hit threes. Maybe that that, that could. And they're also at least in Mobley's case, he's much more mobile than those kind of guys. Allen and even Allen like compensates well with his length. So well, well Mobley definitely is, but it's it's not like if you just told me Mobley was the five, then I'm not worried about. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. That's just that's just kind of what I think. But yeah, look, we can move on. Um, I have the next tier as. Uh, so hold on, it's just real quick. Do you think there's any teams in the tiers we've talked about that the Knicks even have a chance of catching? Toronto. Yeah, that would be what I would agree. But I think I'm higher than on them than you are. But yeah. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any of any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of JID, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally just love the, uh, the the earbud tap functions. Those are really nice. Uh, the awareness mode is also great because as soon as you turn on your little Bluetooth thing on the phone, it automatically locks in. And uh, let me tell you, I go on a run every single day. 
I can't hear anything uh, when I have these in. So, highly recommend, have enjoyed my usage of them. Uh, go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Um, all right, yeah, so the next tier uh, we got is, I called this mid-table. Uh, Do you think these are all teams the Knicks can potentially catch? Are the Knicks in this tier would be the other question. In this tier. Uh, and I'll tell you exactly what they are in a second. Uh, I would, these are all teams that I think are like in the play in mix in the right scenario could be, you know, things break right injuries, whatever could be a five or six seed maybe, but like more likely these are play in teams. So you're talking seven to 10 kind of range, right? Uh, one of these teams would miss obviously, because I already have seven teams above them. So in order I have Atlanta, New York, Chicago, Washington. Uh, those are the mid-table teams, I put it. Uh, I'm lower on Atlanta than a lot of people. I really don't... I don't love the fit between DeJounte and Trey. I don't think it's an easy adjustment to just be like, well, Trey can play off ball more because DeJounte can play on ball. Like, yes, in theory, that's what you would do. The problem is... To do that, now you're taking Trey off the ball to put DeJounte on the ball. DeJounte is good. He's also way less efficient than Trey. Uh, I'm not sure this move makes their offense better, at least in the regular season. I, I, I'll i say this flat out. I think their offense is going to be worse this year uh, than it was what last year. What did they finish last year? Second or third. Well, yeah. Uh, like, I just don't think their offense will be better. Like, it, it just, I, I don't see it. I think, like, it, is it healthier? especially in the playoffs, that they have another guy that can handle the ball at the level DeJounte can? Yes, absolutely. Don't like. There's no question about that, not denying that. But there's also a cost to taking the ball out of Trey's hands if that's because that has to be the solution, right? Is to like reduce his on-ball usage and give some of it to DeJounte. And I think that is a drop-off. I don't love their wing situation. I didn't like like they traded Herder for a protected first, which value wise is about fine, but like I don't love their wings now, you know. And Gallinari obviously got hurt, and he doesn't even, you know, he'd already left by then because they traded him in the Dejounte deal. But like the Gallinari is he an awesome player? Is he problematic in the playoffs? All of that stuff is for sure true. But he's a good enough regular. He's still a guy that can help you win regular season games. They lost him. Don't love that. I don't. Like, are they going to play Jalen Johnson? I don't see how he fits in well with just like that. Like, because neither of their bigs can really space the floor. Um, I, I don't know how he fits in there. Maybe he's like a OB Toppin type, where even if he can't space it that well, he's just doing all this other shit that can kind of help the offense flow. Maybe I don't know. Um, he's also uh, he's pretty switchable, uh, or he's the athleticism to switch. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, Okongwu is somebody I really like, but like, I mean, is he going to play more than what's the max minutes Okongwu is going to play per game this year? You know, 24 minutes if they just split it with him and Capella. I don't love that. I sadly, that's still more than Obi Toppin. Right. I don't even think that's going to happen. Like, I think 
he's probably gonna he's probably looking at like a Obi Toppin type of minutes load, right? Like sixteen to twenty minutes max. Uh, I don't love that because he's like somebody who you could consider kind of would give you a higher upside or give you more variance. So I don't like that. Uh, I know Reddish has obviously like he's a Nick now, and we'll talk about him. But like I know that he wasn't a great plus minus guy in Atlanta, but like he's just another wing. Like he's another big body on the wing they had that they just don't have anymore. So you're putting a lot on DeAndre Hunter here. Uh, I guess you know they did sign or they did draft AJ Griffin. I don't love betting on rookies like to, unless you're like a top three five pick, and even then, most of the time, rookies aren't good, right? And betting on like oh AJ Griffin's going to come in and help them on the wing, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like can he give them some minutes? I'm sure he can, but I don't love betting on him to like help move the needle really like is he gonna be better than herd this year is the real question right do you think so i don't and that's not like a knock on him it just and that's not even saying herder is amazing but like that's just hard to do right step in and be like okay be better than an already established nba rotation wing yeah so, and he's a guy who had some issues on defense to say the least and yeah and, and he's we don't know where the we don't know this. at this point yeah and we right right that's the thing is his injury concerns are real um Bogdanovich is a really good player. I really like him. He had some ankle issues last year. I'm not sure how healthy he is. And then just the overall roster, like how many good defenders are there? You know, and I and not just forget that. Like I think Trey Young's like a he's one of these defenders. He's really bad. Like bad enough. Worse than Donovan Mitchell. They're both terrible. Like they're both guys that truly make it hard to field even an average defense at times. You know, like they're really bad on defense. With Mitchell, it's more frustrating, right? Because he has all the tools, but like Trey, just he doesn't have the tools, and half the time he has no desire. So I don't know. I just, I just feel like this team. I, I don't like the way it fits together. I, I think it could not. Could, it's not going to be like a disaster season or anything like that. But I think they're closer to being a five hundred team than like push up four seed. Yeah, like for sure. Like I would honestly, I think their their over under was forty six and a half. Like we'll talk about this when we do our over under pod. But like, I I think that's a pretty decent under bet. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher on Murray's impact on the defense. I mean, their offense probably will be worse than last year, but the trade off you're making is. Um, the defense should be better, and push comes to shove, you know Trey can go out and win you a game if you really need him to be spectacular. Um, I don't really think Murray's like Murray's not a great shooter. I think he's like thirty four percent on catch and shoots. Um, I don't think I don't think that's going to serious. I mean, Trey Young is a special offensive player. Um, I don't so like I think Shante that's Murray's the, shot form, like on what, threes. I don't like his yeah, shot form on threes. I don't like it either. I'm just saying I don't think it's. I don't think this is a situation like Westbrook or something where it's going to severely impact Trey Young. I think it might take them from the number two offense to like seven or eight, but I do think their defense will improve. Um, and um, I think you have them seated where I would just because of how good the other teams are. But yeah, I mean, a guy like Murray, he gives you some flexibility, right? Um, you know, if you go Murray and Hunter on the wings, um, you have some switch. You, you have the the options now to to hang hang with a team like Boston on defense. Um, 
and uh, you know you have the options to um, you know they, they don't match up all that bad with a team like Philly even um, so you know I think that um, I think that they are sacri- this is a team that was putting up great numbers in the regular season uh, I think they're sacrificing some regular season success perhaps um, I mean I, I wouldn't even say that they were they were a playing team last year I think they'll get in the playoffs um, or, or they'll be like you know I, I would I would bet that over, but it'll probably be the forty five fifty range to me. Uh, um, and I think they'll be better than that in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I I'm just I'm just not a fan of this fit. Like I don't like the Murray Trey Young thing. I, I don't know. That's maybe I'll be totally wrong on that, but like I think you're asking a lot of Trey Young to do things he has not done. I also think Murray's a little bit better off ball. Like he's a good cutter. Like he's not one of these guys that just stands in the corner, right? So, if they had a creative offensive coach, I, I might buy all this stuff. They don't. They have Nate McMillan, who is like tips, like zero creativity. It's just about it, it's there's, that's all. There's not even a need to go into much more detail. That there's zero creativity in what he does. And Trey Young is so good as an offensive engine that like. He can take this lack of creativity and very basic spacing, um, and quite frankly, questionable shot distribution, and turn it into like a top three offense. But we saw in the playoffs, obviously, what those limitations were against the first elite coach. Is that fair to say that that uh, Trey Young is at the face? You know, like a, a coach that could that knows how to shut down stars, give stars problems. And well, he did face Tibbs and Doc Rivers, so yeah. It's true. Um, to be fair, the Knicks actually, it's so funny thinking about that series because really the offense was not the, the thing, right? It was the defense that really fucked them over. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, we were in we were in double digits, I think, three games out of five. Or sorry, what I meant to say is our offense fucked us over, not our defense. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, that's Trey, I when he needed a bucket, was able to get it. So, um, but... Like, but he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was like some... really disaster. Like, yeah, and he wasn't like some like hyper efficient monster in that series, right? He just like the I volume, mean, I, I, the volume yeah, helps a lot. Yeah, I mean he, I mean, but th- there was a lot of volume, and Nerlens Noel really struggled. Um, you know, I think the version of Mitchell Robinson that we had earlier in that season would have made a difference in that series. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was more the offense. Randall turned into a pumpkin, and. Um, Ideally, a team that had worked on some of the other options might have had some backup plans, but um, yeah, that wasn't to be. Um, it's uh, it's yeah. Well, I don't know. We don't need to revisit that series. So uh, that's just me. Like, I can see the argument why maybe some people would bump them up a tier. I, I just don't like. I I have a lot of questions about them. Maybe they can get a different. Maybe they fire McMillan midseason. They get a guy who's more creative and kind of unlocks stuff with this team. I just, as things stand, I'm very skeptical of how good they'll be. Um, I flat out think the Knicks are a better team than Chicago or Washington. I think they have better depth. They have, they did address one of the weakest areas probably if any team in the NBA last year was just those starting point guard minutes. Shout out Alec Burks, who did 
is it Yeoman's work? Uh, he did Yeoman's, yeoman's work. work. Yeah. yeah. He did Yeoman's work as the starting point guard, but like that was still obviously a an area we needed to address. So Brunson's obviously a big add there. I think he's going to be a solid upgrade. I think backup center was low key a pretty big issue for us last year. Um, at various points, really until like Sims, Sims came in. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty big issue for us. Hartenstein is is it Hartenstein or Hartenstein? You know, nope. All right, we'll go with Hartenstein. Um, I think he he's awesome. He's a, probably one of the best backup centers in the NBA. Like that, that's great. So you, you do that. It's um, Hartenstein, according to um, Wiki. According to Basketball Reference. Oh, there you go. Does he have a nickname? Not listed. Nope. I'm going to have to figure that out. Uh, I just, like, I think this team is deep. I think it has legit talent. It has young guys that have already been in the rotation and have already played at a pretty solid level, varying degrees of solid levels, that you can expect to get better because that's obviously what young players do. So, like, RJ Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, arguably even Mitchell Robinson. Um, shit, even Brunson and Hartenstein, like, they're not old, right? Like, they're still at ages where they could conceivably improve. So I just think there's a lot of upward mobility on the roster. Uh, the, the reason I put them below Atlanta, and I would understand if anybody put them below Chicago or Washington, um, even in potentially a lower tier, is I don't love, I don't trust Tibbs with this roster. I don't think Tibbs is the right coach for this roster. Um, and that could not just hold them back. I think it also it could also serve as an active detriment. And to not just blame Tibbs, I think some of this has to fall on the front office for not having done enough to clear up all of the kind of log jams that exist, um, which is both a gift and a curse, right? When we're talking about winning in the regular season, depth is often good. I think the Knicks have legit good depth this year. Last year, I think we all underestimated how bad one, how bad Kemba was. Like, nobody expected him to be that bad at that wash. We also underestimated how bad playing Kemba and Evan together would be. And then we didn't expect him to pivot to just playing Burks at starting point guard, no matter what. Uh, and then Rose obviously missed a bunch of time. But, like, I... I so, I, I just... I don't know. I, I like the way this team pieces together i would love it if a certain somebody was gone but i'm trying not to focus too much on that uh a certain two somebodies i guess i should say uh but like yeah i mean i just think this is a pretty solid team and i think their vegas over under is 39 and a half that sounds about right to me they don't have the top end talent that most of their teams on this list that i, I have above them do have but i like their you know the Knicks is three or four to ten guys on any given night, are arguably going to be better than a lot of the teams above them. So that's like their advantage in the regular season. Um, but 39 and a half seems about fair. I'm probably like, I'd probably take the under, to be honest, Just and it's mostly because about about Tibbs trying to manage this roster. Well, but, I mean, he did as shitty a job as you could imagine last year. Right. And they won 37 games. And they added Jill Brunson. And Hartenstein, Hartenstein. So I will say, don't you think Burks is low key like a little bit more of a loss than like to me? It's Bur I think like Brunson to Burks is a net gain by a lot. I think it is. It is, but don't you think like there's something to be said of 
it's a, I agree, like the Brunson starting point guard minutes is a definite upgrade on the Burke starting point guard minutes. But you also lose the Burks minutes that have been awesome for us, right? With with quickly and with like the bench guys and stuff like that. But those minutes Which, are going to be going to guys like Grimes quickly. Um, are we yeah. sure Grimes is as good as Burks yet, though? That's my thing. Like we, Grimes should become better than Burks. But Burks was like really on good in those defense. I for think us. he is. I think if you combine Grimes's defensive impact and quickly's offensive impact, it's at best not a loss. I think they'll. I do agree with you. I think Alec Burks was really useful off the bench, but I think they have avenues to replacing his production, or at least mitigating it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's just my thoughts. On like that. I don't, I I can't, like I can't sit here. I I just don't think they're going to be worse than last year. How much better? The East did get better, so that's a fair thing. That doesn't mean they're going to go up that much higher in the standings. But they added a very talented young player. Randall, whether he's here or not, cannot possibly be worse than last season. I do believe that. Um, I think there's ways it could go south where if the young players at some point are like, I'm tired of being underappreciated. Um, but, um, you know, um, there's ways it could go south with Tibbs just hamstringing the offense and them losing a lot of close games. But I, I, I just, it's tough for me to see them being worse than last year. Yeah. I think they're, I would, I'm almost fucking. I'm I'm fucking positive they'll be a better team than last year. The thing is, the East is better. Like the East is, it it's a beast. Uh, like there's look, I I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable saying Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Miami, Cleveland. At the absolute minimum, those six teams are flat out better than the Knicks. At the start of last year, and I still I'll, I'll say this even now. I think Tim's mismanaged that roster so badly. I think that that team should have, at the very minimum, been in the play-in, and probably fighting for that last playoff spot with like the Chicago with the Bulls. Um, they they should have been much better than they were. He obviously, to me anyway, uh, deflated the performance of that team both by the metrics and just however you want to break it down. He was just terrible. Uh, that said, this is a better team, but the East is better, right? Like, let, let's just look at it this way. Forget the teams. Like which teams do we th- do you think Milwaukee is better than they were last year? They're about the same, I think. Okay. Do you think Boston is better than they were last year? I would expect Tatum to take. Yeah, they are. They either brought them too. Yeah. So I I agree with you there. Is Philly better than they were last year? Um. Yeah, I mean they didn't have Harden for the whole season. Yeah, I think so. Especially with the guys they added. Is Brooklyn better than they were last year? Who knows? I will just say yes because Kyrie literally will not have a vax mandate that bans him from playing. Uh, I think that's that's it. That's my reason. Yeah, and but I mean, how many play. games did they get under Durant last year? I think only 55, I want to say. He missed a bunch of time in the middle of the season. Um, I, I'll just, I'm going to say, yeah, they got, yeah, wow. 55. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, my, my, is Miami better than they were last year? I don't think so. Yeah, probably not the same. Maybe yeah. a little worse. Is Cleveland better than they were last year? I think yeah. yes. Is Toronto better than they were last year? I actually will say yes, but I don't know if it matters that much. Yeah, I mean, Scotty's going to be better. Yeah. They'll be better. I like that they have Thad Young now for the full season. Like, they had some really shitty bench units that were running out there. So, Thad Young for a full season. I like adding Otto Porter Jr. as long as they can manage his minutes. That's a nice pickup for them. I, I, I'll just say yes, but I'm fine with just saying they're the same. 
But like those are the teams that are above them, and more than half of them, we said, got better. Yeah, but they get to play some of the teams behind them too. I don't. Um, all right, let's let's do this. Let's do this. We'll just go. We'll just finish. Okay. Is AT is Atlanta better to you than they were last year? Um. Yeah. Okay. I actually think it's about the same, but so we can disagree on that. Is Chicago better than they were last year? No. No, I agree. And I think Lonzo. This that's a really alarming situation for them. Yeah, it is. Because he was really important for the for what they were able to do early in the season. Totally agree. Is Washington better than they were last year? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, I Washington just is very uninspired. You just don't care. You just don't care about them. Yeah, they 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 are who they've been for a long time. Like I'll say this: I think they're better, but I also think they're only going to get fifty games of being better because Kristaps is not going to give them more than fifty games or something like that. Um, but when he's healthy, I think that team is kind of like I feel like they could be really annoying to defend if he's healthy. I didn't go five out. Kuzma was really was quite good last year. Yeah, uh, and then you give Beal that kind of spacing. I oh they added Monty Morris. I do like him a lot. Yeah, I think that's I, a fun backcourt. I like him. I like Barton. It does feel a little bit like rearranging the decks on the, you know, uh, deck chairs on the breath. Titanic. Um, well, yes. they're wizards, so they would be. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, I, I will say, I, I think they're better. I'll just, I'll just say that, but not necessarily significantly. So. I think Orlando is better. Do you think Orlando is better than they were last year? Yeah, I don't know if it's enough to make me think the Knicks shouldn't win all of those games. But but they already split them last year. Oh, yeah, well, they shouldn't have lost that game. <laughs> okay, is Detroit better than they were last year? Yeah. Is Indiana better than they were last year? They had they didn't trade Sabonis, so no, I'm like I'm gonna say no. I think they're worse, but it's it's also weird, right? They changed their roster in the middle of the season, but yeah, I'll just say worse. And then Charlotte better than they were last year. I think this is definitely no. No. Yeah. Unless LaMelo. Like... Yeah. So I think that's like, I just think there's too many teams in the East that got better for me to just be like, well, they were 37 and 45 last year. And now because the Knicks are better, they will win. Sure. I think that, but and I then think if, the, and teams then... That are, the teams that got better were already ahead of the Knicks for them. Like, did anyone leave? You have the wins Knicks? against those teams. Like, so the Knicks split against Boston. They split against Philly. They didn't win. They they actually won a game against Miami. So maybe we can do that again. Probably not though, because we're not allowed to play the good lineups against them. Got swept by Toronto. Oh no, sorry, we beat them the last game of the season, uh, and then we got swept by Cleveland. And those teams got better. We actually won the season series against Atlanta. Like, I don't know. I just think it's 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 hard for me to be like. Just with how good the East is, especially because I, I really don't like the coaching situation with us. I, I if it was a different coach, I, I, I'd be right there with you. But taking it into account, the East is better, and that I'm not inspired by Tibbs' ability to manage this roster, which I think like it's the type of roster where yes, you don't have the necessary you know top end talent to truly compete, but like. This is a type of roster. If you gave it to fucking like Ty Lue, he he would do he would have like he'd somehow manage to get like twelve guys enough minutes to keep them all happy. You know what I mean? Like because that's the type of roster it is, where you might need certain guys on certain nights and not need them on other nights. But I don't think he Tibbs obviously you need them situationally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tib, like, Ty Lue would actually use guys situationally, whereas Tibbs 
just talks about using guys situationally. Yeah, I mean, I do think they're a better team with Ty Lue. I don't think they're going to go down to... Like, I would take the over on 39 wins. Um, I just think Brunson... Brunson is, I think, worth a few wins on his own, even if you don't think he takes a leap this year. Um, like, I just think there's so much momentum on that space. And you could talk about them splitting with all these teams, but they finished 11th in defense despite being a train wreck early in the season because Mitch wasn't in shape and they played Kemba and, and Fournier together. Um, even Brunson is a plus on defense compared to Kemba. Yeah. Um, I, I think Mitch will come out of the gate better on defense. I think Hartenstein, you know, is another elite rim protector, not as mobile as Noel. We'll see if that affects them a little bit, but uh, like they got a lot better. So maybe that's, I think what you're saying is reason why I would. A lot of people are like, "Why can't they finish top six? And I'm like, "There's a lot of reason for keeping expectations tempered, and a lot of reason to think that, um, you know, just trying to make the top six, like whatever, however small that chance is, isn't worth keeping certain guys in the roster if they're not going to meaningfully impact that one way or the other." Um, but I, I do think they'll like. It's tough for me to see them winning fewer games than last year, and. They won 37 games, but they also, again, net rating was the same as Chicago, right? So this was a team that underperformed in terms of wins. So you can argue some of that was because of a lack of a, a crunch time score and Tibbs' lack of imagination. Obviously, the second issue hasn't gotten solved, but we added a great three-level scorer. So I think, you know, to the extent that you think that wasn't just luck underperforming the net rating, uh, even that got mitigated a little bit, so... Yeah, I just, again, like the, the tips part of it and the Randall part of it is just like, I just can't in good conscience, like, feel good about this team is going to win. Because if you're saying over 39 and a half, right, you're basically like, I think this team is a 500 or above 500 team. Like, if you were just to guess the win total, forget over under. So you said over. So like, what are you thinking? Like 43, 44 wins? Yeah, that would probably, I think 45, but yeah. Okay, so let's just say let's say, let's put the baby in and say forty four, right? Um, like I, I just I really I don't know, man. Forty four wins with Tibbs. That's probably a seven or an eight seed. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's definitely a seven or an eight seed. It's this is the, it's so hard for me to rank this team because I like like the talent, but there's these things about it, you know, with like obviously the head coach and the roster that he's having to deal with. And then on top of that, you got the Julius Randle of it all. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know how to value all of that. It's just, it's really hard. So I stuck them where I did, which I think is effectively as the ninth, I the ninth in the East. That feels about right to me. Um, we can talk a little bit about Chicago and we already talked about Washington. We already did. Nobody needs to hear anything more about Washington. Um, I, what they Chicago beat Michigan think? state. That was cool. Yes, they did. Uh, Chicago, they didn't do anything, right? They didn't add anything significant. No, Lonzo is hurt, which I think was a big inflection point last year. Uh, I mean, they're really high on Io Desumu, a fine player. I don't think that's going to change their trajectory this year. He's a fucking loser. DeMar DeRozan is, what, 34 now? Yeah, and he had a great year. He, he had a, 33. He had an arguably, that's wow. arguably a career Same year, age right? as me. That's fucking scary. But it's arguably a career year he had. So it's like, are you, you yeah. can, you can somewhat reasonably be like, even if you still expect him to be all-star level, he's not going to be that level of all-star. 
Yeah, and he was protected on defense by Lonzo and Caruso. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the situation of his Caruso is right now, uh, but he had health issues last year. Uh, I still don't love them in the front court. Um, you know, Pat Williams maybe is a wild card, but I, I wouldn't bet on a breakout this year. Um, I think they'll be somewhat similar to Washington. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super bullish on the Bulls. Uh, I look. They're probably like. Let's say we're just being like, you know, we're hating on the Bulls because we're Knicks fans. Even adjusting for that, like, what am I supposed to love about a team that ended the season pretty miserably? I would say, and then did nothing this offseason. Like they, they really did nothing. You know, they added, oh, Goran Dragic. Cool. Like, they drafted Dalen Terry, who I think is like a cool, fun player, but he's not changing anything for you. And then, you know, I'm not... Look, I flat out think Io DeSimu is fine, but I, I think he's super overrated. I don't think he has much of a high upside. He's definitely not as a creator. Um, defensively, they're a mess. Vooch is, you know, Vooch is, what, 32? Like, Drozen's 33. Like, their key players, two of their three, you know, kind of big three players are on the wrong side of 30. Like, they're in the phase of their careers where you're probably, you should be baking in regression and decline. Um, Pat Williams, who knows? Like, he showed some scoring flashes at the end of last year, especially in the playoffs, but, like, kind of floats through games at times, it feels like. Uh defensively doesn't have the impact that when you just look at him, you expect him to have worries me. I don't know. I, this team is just, I don't love it. Something's off with it. I feel like they needed to change shit up. They didn't change shit up. Um, they also lost Tristan Thompson. Whew, I don't know if they can overcome that. Um, but no, like in all seriousness, I mean, I just, Chloe has, so. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like I just, I don't see with them, you know, I, I don't feel good about anything about this team. And yeah, I mean that's just kind of it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not super high on them either. But who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. I certainly was low on them last year, and for half a season they made me look bad. And I still think that was not just a flash in the pan. I think that I actually really appreciated my whole thing with them was there's no rim protection. I don't trust a team without rim protection like that. Playing Levine and DeRozan heavy minutes, but. I like the way they scrapped. I like how they creatively used Lonzo and Caruso. And they kind of proved one of my assumptions wrong, that rim protection and, and bigs matter much more on defense than guards um, because they showed they could make that work. So it is, in that sense, kind of a shame to not see it work, but also fuck the Bulls. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with that. Um, all right, let's do these, uh, the bottom feeders. No, I, okay. I, <laughs> so there's four teams left at the East. I split them up into two tiers. I think Charlotte might actually end up being better this year than any of these teams, but I put them in their own tier at the bottom just because well, you'll see. These, this is the name of the next tier. Bad, but frisky and headed the right way with promising talent. And I have three teams here. Orlando, Detroit, Indiana. And then I have Charlotte in their own tier, believe that, called Bad with No Plan. And to be clear, I don't think you can kill the Hornets too much for that. Because, well, I mean, they, there was nowhere for them to predict right. the Miles Bridges thing. So. Yeah, there's no way to predict that. And I think that, and it happened like right dead square and kind of like the middle of the like 
draft. Free agency, and, yeah. Yeah, and free agency. And it's just, I don't know. Like, in some ways, I kind of understand why they did nothing, but they also they did didn't have any good options, which, yeah. which is not to say that's the real tragedy in the situation or anything. But um, it, Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously the tragedy in the situation is everything that happened with Bridges um, and obviously the, the woman that was affected and his kids and all that kind of stuff. But um, for the basketball side of it, it's just like, it sucks for them, but at the same time, like I legit don't know what their plan is. I have no clue. I don't think anybody does outside of. I mean, do you maybe, think they're trying to move off Hayward? I, that's not like a plan, though, right? That's just like a thing you do. Like I, when I say like to me, a plan. Like if you have a like a move that would indicate a plan would be like, okay, we're trading Terry Rozier for draft draft capital. That to me is like okay, they kind of realize that. This Bridges thing fucked them over. They have to reset, and they have to get assets and try to like build around Lamelo with whatever they can accumulate in the draft, something like that. I'm not saying that has to be the plan, by the way. I'm just saying that would indicate a plan. To me, trading Hayward is more just like we want to get off this contract because he sucks. He's always injured. He doesn't suck. He's just always injured. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. That's just all it is with, with the Hornets. Like, I, I think Lamelo is super talented. I actually like Mark Williams. I know he didn't do great in summer league, but, like, I think he's can be a solid starting center. Um, like, P.J. Washington is fun. Who the hell knows what Book Knight is or Kai Jones or fucking J.T. Thor. But, like, there's some stuff there, I guess. It's fine. But I have no idea what to expect of them. And, again, I don't love the situation. I also don't like having Clifford as the head coach for LaMelo Ball. That just does not feel like a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. Well, LaMelo Ball will be up for an extension this year. Like our friends from the same draft, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, so if things do go south in Charlotte, um, do you think there's a chance that LaMelo's family starts to make some noise? I think so. I think Lamello's it's a possibility. Camp. That's that's unfair. Uh, Lamelo's camp was close. Yeah. No, I think it's a possibility for sure. Um, obviously, we've seen how this stuff has played out previously, where these guys, when you're on the rookie deal, restricted free agency, all that type of shit, it's really hard to like to actually get out. But yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that he at least makes some noise, and at, at the very least, like maybe you just make noise to get the organization to like start making moves, right? To do some shit. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I do want to wrap up real quick with these three teams though. Uh, Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, that's the order I had them in, by the way. Uh, I'm, I could be convinced of putting Detroit above Orlando. Um, do you believe in magic? I do believe in Franz's magic. I just, I'm really high on Franz. I think there's like, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm ready to say something that sounds maybe a little crazy. I think there's a non-zero chance that he's the best player from that draft. That over Mobley? I think, there's a chance, I think there's a chance he could be. The guy's hitting step-back jumpers over Giannis. Like, that's in, insane. In Eurobasket, but yeah. It doesn't matter where you're... That, that, this is not like... You're, if he was hitting step-back threes over, like, Fournier, I would promise you I would not care. Hitting step-back threes over Giannis is... Like, he hit two in the same game. I, I'm just saying, I don't... He's not the best bet on the board, you know. I think Mobley 
more likely, Cade more likely still. I mean, I could see him being a four or five time All Star, and still, I'm maybe I'm just that high on Mobley and um, and Cade in particular. I'll, I'll, let's put it this way: if there's a non-zero chance Scotty Barnes is the best player in that draft, and then you the have player, to put Franz in that conversation. Absolutely, like yeah, there's no. That. It has to be in the conversation at the very least. But I just, I really like him. I think he's, he's just one of these guys that like, I, he can do so many things, and he's already, and now he's like, like you remember Michigan? He was like terrified to take threes at the time. Now he's fucking doing step backs. Like, okay, yeah, um, I think he he had a weird situation because I think he was known as a shooter mm-hmm. in out in Berlin, and then he had a wrist injury. So while he was at Michigan, he had to rebuild his shot. Which maybe is a blessing in disguise because he rounded out the rest of his game so well. Um, became, in my opinion, one of the best wing defenders I've seen come out of the draft uh, as like a team defender and just his recognition and obviously his finishing became really good. Uh, and now, like since his shot seems to like he always had good touch, so I bought the shot out of the draft. I wish the shot had shown up against UCLA, but um, but that aside, um, I mean, yeah, you're talking about three level scorer who could. I still don't know if I ever see him as the primary option on offense, which I do see for Cade. I even see that out, out, outcome for Mobley. I think Mobley can be defense player of the year, whereas just the, Franz's role makes that a little bit tougher to see. Like He is a great defender. He's not quite locked down wing so much as he's a great team defender. I mean, maybe he can reach like Tatum's level as a defender, but um, I, I think his ceiling is like a great number two on option. on on. on Offense who's really versatile on defense, and I still think Cade and Mobley um, have. Um, and then, yeah, and the thing with Barnes, I'd still probably give Barnes a better chance of being a number one option on offense just because of the physical tools. But right now, I view Franz as the better prospect. I think that's kind of tough to disagree with. Well, happy you finally got there, bud. Uh, oh, I was there for. I had I had Franz <laughs> at five before the draft, baby. I've been on the train. I think I, I should. If anything. Um, and I will say some of the guys in worse situations, like I, I think Jalen Green's going to be better than he's being given credit for by some people. Like he's it's, not just a chucker. I think he's it's fun to slander him, though. It's fun to slander Houston in general. They have some annoying fans on Twitter, by the way. Some. They have some really good ones, but <laughs> um. So well, who, who, yeah, so Roosh, I mean, Roosh Williams, Roosh, God, <laughs> uh, that dude Paulo Alves. That is the craziest <laughs> thing. Um, I mean, my my top two is definitely those two. You could talk me into Franz at three. I'd probably still put Jalen Green at three. And then who else was I, I had Franz at fifth. Kaminga, Barnes, Suggs. I'm still not as high on Kaminga as I think you are. Uh, he's definitely top ten in that class for me. Uh, I just think, oh, I just, Suggs. Do I have Suggs over? Yeah, at this point I'd put Wagner over Suggs. Wagner showed so much more in terms of shot creation from what you're talking about, yeah. from what we were saying. that like, And he also that, just that was, like, made uh, shots. Europe. He also yeah. made shots last year. But that would have been what would have limited his upside in my eyes versus Suggs. Yeah. And I would have always seen, I always saw Suggs as potentially like a, a high end number two point guard, like a Drew Holiday type. I think Franz can be better than that. I think Josh Giddy's, um lack of efficiency yeah, uh, and yeah. defensive shortcomings are being seriously overlooked. He is a really fun player to watch. I get why teams are in love with him. Uh, yeah, I'd probably put Franz at four and Barnes at five at this point. I gotta show some love to my guy Bones. I don't know where I'd have him in the top ten, but I'd he'd be my, he'd be in my top, top ten. Top one in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, seriously, if you the way we saw it, I'm this is my take on the draft. We can move on to the next team. Um 
Bones is like quick. You saw what quickly did on defense year two. That's what I'm expecting from Bones. Not just because they're similar player, but it's yeah, he's, he's got the length. I think his instincts were good this year. He's just getting used to Malone's system. I and but he's a really smart player. Um, he showed like he's a way better passer than people gave him credit for at VCU. That's a guy who's going to make a jump like quickly did. And who knows? Maybe he'll get the minutes to actually prove it <laughs> out more. Maybe Miller M- Malone's he, he's. He can be boomerish too, but he's he's good at developing. But at least it, at least it's on a team that's playing for something. Right? Well, they have so, a superstar, so it's like yeah. a little more reasonable why you're trying to win every game, and that's all that matters, right? Um, all right, yeah, Detroit. I think this is pretty easy. Like K, Ivy, even Sadiq Bay, Durant will, will be good off the bat. I like Isaiah Stewart as like a, a depth yeah. piece. Maybe gives them also like yeah, like we talk about culture, but for young teams, like a guy like that, I think is a really positive in their locker room. That, that means something, you know. No, I, I'm I'm with you there. I like I like beefs too. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with the program here. Like I think they have a good thing brewing. I just I again like the thing with both Orlando and Detroit is I like what these teams are doing. You know, um, various moves, right? Like I love the Vucevic trade for Orlando. I like Wendell Carter Jr. He's shown a lot, I think, since coming over there. You know, uh, Paolo, we didn't even talk about him. Paolo's awesome. And he's, I think he I, he was my, I mean, look, I'm not that I'm a draft guy at all, especially not anymore, but, like, I think Paolo was, to me, he was the clear-cut best guy in the draft. Like, I just think you had to take him. Uh, and, man, if he hits, like, I don't, what team is matching up with him and Wagner? Like, it doesn't even... I don't even know what the hell you do with that. Um, but, like, Detroit, you know, they have, you know, like, I like these guys they have. It feels like Cade, Cade feels like a leader to me. Um, I'm not, I can't say I've been crunching Pistons tape or I watch too much of him at Oklahoma State or anything, but, like, he just strikes me as that type of dude when I watched him play. He needs to get to the line more, but if he gets to the line more, the efficiency, like, I'm not worried about his efficiency as a scorer. Sometimes the burst stuff can be a little bit tricky, but I wonder if he just needs to figure out angles. He's so big, too, like, with Luka. If he can just figure out the angles, I'm not saying he's going to be Luka, to be clear, but if he can figure out the angles, I think he can have a similar type of scoring game. Um, And just, like, even without being a super explosive player, just kind of get to the rim at will. Um, because of that, his ball handling and his size, obviously, all that kind of stuff is just incredible. I love Ivy. Um, I'm not sure Ivy is going to be good this year. I actually suspect he's going to be bad this year, um, which doesn't matter. But like, yeah, I like. I just like where this team is headed. I just these are all teams I like. I generally like where they're headed. I just don't think they're going to be good this year. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's what... Um, but these teams are... So it's Orlando, Detroit. Who's the, other, the third team you mentioned? Uh, Indiana. I'm less... like I'm good with their direction. I still think they need a lot more talent. Yeah, I would have loved Ivy on that team. I think you and me are both in the camp that Tyrese Halliburton is a little bit overrated. I, think, um, I would say I think he's a lot bit overrated, but I agree that we both think he's overrated. Um, and so, I mean, we'll see what they do with Turner. Um, I do, um, I do love. Um, who did they take in the draft? I never like the draft. Catherine. I, I like that fit with um, Halliburton, and I mean, you have. I, I would say this: Halliburton turning himself into a great pull-up shooter. That is pretty impressive. Um, 
I don't know that I'll ever love his on-ball defense, but he can he can fight to being solid with his off-ball defense. Um, I just think people are overrating the upside a little bit. Um, but um, like I, I think they're but I think that's a, they're a fun starting point. And yeah, like all three of these teams, um, do I envy them as a Knicks fan? No, but they all have clear one or two young guys that are the priority with the path to get better. Mm-hmm. And especially Orlando. I mean, if you're right about Franz, and at the very least, I think that he is a culture changer, a guy that can make the team a lot better, even if he's not eventually the best player when they, you know, become <coughs> good or in the end state, um, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff matters, right? A guy who can make your franchise believe it's a winning franchise. KP did that for a little bit here. Um, I think RJ has done that here. Um, and I think it matters. So Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh that is where we're going to end it because I want to go watch football uh, and you should go get ready for your football game. And uh, that's our pot for today. Stacy, is there anything that you would like to plug before you get out of here? Uh, no, nothing to plug. Sweet. I have nothing to plug as well. Just all the work at the Strickland. That is wonderful. Um, but that is our pot for today. I hope you have a great week and I will see you on Friday. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.